Hello, and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson, and I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell, who I'm not going to reveal the source, but may have just finagled a case of Chimay at wholesale prices. Yes. But but now, I also want to say that you would never in a million years allow your, what, nine, ten-year-old son to partake in such things. You're going to go hide in the basement, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things that I'm really serious about. Yeah. So, definitely my music. Right. Right. I'm serious about good beer. Okay. Right. And I'm serious about good parenting. Being a good parent. Being a good parent. So. So, might there be a show on the Evergreen Network that might help us be better parents. Because, you know, I got a, for me specifically, I've got a teenage girl and she, truthfully, she's the best teenage girl I think ever created. So I'm she really lucky. She is wonderful. You are but, lucky. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that life was without issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to answer your question, there is a podcast specifically dedicated to that. It's called Your Teen Magazine. The hosts, Sue Borison and Stephanie Silverman, they're best friends and co-founders of Your Teen Magazine. And it really discusses all of these issues that I think a lot of parents like us would want to hear about, want to talk about in regards to their children. Like, give me a couple, like, things that might be... Well, you know, uh, controversial topics. So, oh, we're you know, going to get controversial. Yeah, I like you know, it. Is trick-or-treating, is it okay for your 17-year-old? Huh, that's a tough one. Is tracking... The, I can go either way on that one, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I can right. as well. Yeah, but I know I did it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is tracking their smartphone, is, is location, is that immoral or mm. not? Hmm. And what about co-ed post-prom sleepovers? Yeah, no. Yeah, that's absolutely... I mean, <laughs> personal opinion, but... I don't but, need you anybody's know. help for that. But, but these but are tricky topics. They are. So Your Teen Magazine is really where we can tune in on the Evergreen Podcast Network and get some expert advice. Absolutely, man. I can't wait. And it debuts very, very soon. All right, buddy. Well, let's get back to this episode's featured song. Tope, what are we listening to? We are listening to the song Lucid Dreams by Juice World. Let's hop in the DeLorean and find out what track was sampled to make this hit. Rewind. This is pretty, right? It's so pretty. You ever played this? You know, I was just thinking, I don't think I want to learn this one. You just want to listen to it? Yeah, because it ruins the song once you learn how to play it. I know that's weird, but... I know what you mean. There's a there's very small amount of songs that I'm like, I'm not going to learn how to play that because I want to keep it, you know, okay. Mm. What What is this song, by the way, Tom? Well, so this song is The Shape of My Heart by Sting off of his 1993 album, Ten Summoner's Tale. Now, we talked a little bit about Sting and his work with the police in a previous episode, but now we have an opportunity to dive into a solo catalog. And Sting has been sampled a lot. Yeah, he really has. And he's a pretty fascinating guy extraordinarily talented musician. You know what? I actually read his autobiography a few years back, and there's some random tidbits that I can recall off the top of my head. Now you know you got to give me a couple. All right, all right. So the first one involves the recording of the 1978 debut single for The Police, Roxanne. Roxanne! That's it, you got it. Yeah, red light and all. There we go. (laughs) Don't don't turn on that red light. (laughs) So if you listen to the intro, you can hear some kind of like off-key piano stuff going on and Sting like laughs, right? Right. Well, it turns out he accidentally sat on the piano while recording, and then he had a nice little chuckle about it. So they just kept it in the song. You want, you want to hear it? Let's, let's hear it. It's let's pretty, do that. It's pretty cool. That, yeah, let's do it. Oh, look, Sting's butt. 
<laughs> you forever have forever now. <laughs> you, I'm ruining this song. Oh, I'm sorry. We, what are we listening to? Roxanne? No, Sting's butt. That's what we listen to right now. Sweet. Yeah, that's a funny story, man. I think there's a lot of songs that are like that, right? Where the mistakes actually find their way into the yeah. song and, and make it actually more classic. M- more fun. And I think there's there's got to be another story, you know, about how we got his nickname. That's the story that I actually enjoy. Okay, you, you know that one? You want to lay it on us? Yeah, yeah, let me do that. So before he settled into rock stardom, he was actually working as a teacher during the day. And don't, bef- don't stand so close to me. <laughs> that makes that song a little bit weirder for me right, now. Right, right. Get Sorry. away. That and Roxanne, quite as kept, yeah. So uh, he's performing in jazz bands in the evening, working as a teacher during the day. So apparently he had a habit of wearing a particular black and yellow striped sweater. Mm. And the band leader thought he looked like a wasp <laughs> and took to calling him Sting because of it. I mean, right? that, it could have gone a lot of ways. Sting, I think, overall, is yeah. not so bad. It could have been called Bumble or whatever. <laughs> that would have been pretty bad. So, right. uh, so Sting's not so bad. Uh, yeah, not so bad. Well, you, besides Haiku, do you have any other nicknames? Uh, none that I would share with all of y'all. I love y'all. Oh, but wow. not, no, we're not, we're not okay. sharing. See, well, being an MC is all about code names and... Some of the dudes I know have some pretty awesome names. And we got Siege, Speed. Ooh, Siege, that's a good one. Yeah, Siege is good, yeah. right? So Furious X, Fat Burner, those are all good names. Yeah, no, got, no. Got, some of them are funny, right? Yeah, so Fat it, it's Burner. cool. Uh, Fat yeah. Burner, okay. he, makes, he makes hot beats. He makes hot <laughs> oh, beats. Okay, I got you. So how about you, though? Any nicknames? Uh, yeah, some folks call me Mojo, which is, you know, obviously not a huge leap, though. And then there's uh, the Son of Watts moniker that I use on social and whatever. But Right, right. You know what, Tobe? I, I got... I've also been called an assortment of four-letter words, and I have to tell you, sometimes that uh, oh boy, that stings oh, a little boy. bit. Oh, you know, words, words can hurt, my friend. Yes, they can, buddy. Yes, they can. But music soothes the soul. So let's talk a little bit more about our first featured artist, Sting. All right, so Gordon Sumner was born on October 2nd, 1951, in Walsend, England. And apparently, even his mother calls him Sting, so that is the last time we're going to be calling him Gordon. Word up. So as a member of the police and a solo artist, he sold over 100 million albums, received 17 Grammy Awards, three Brit Awards, a Golden Globe, an Emmy, and a lot of other Ooh, accolades. that's a lot. Ain't it? That's yeah. ridiculous, right? So I'm guessing Mama's pretty proud. She yeah, can call yeah. him what he, whatever, whatever she wants <laughs> right, right after that. Successful. That's yeah. what she called him. <laughs> right. Well, many of those accolades came as a solo artist, so let's dive into that catalog. Sting's solo debut album was 1985's The Dream of Blue Turtles, which apparently was named after an actual dream of his. Okay, so uh, you know what? Uh, flag on the play on this one, okay? <laughs> so if we name in our dreams, okay, I, we could have named. This could have gone a lot, lot of different yeah. ways, right? Blue Turtles? I mean— like, uh, that's got to be an epic dream to— Seriously. I, but, but if you were, if you were dreaming about Blue Turtles— I, I got to wonder what you ate before you went to sleep. <laughs> what did you eat? What what, huh. what did you have? That's Turtle crazy. soup? So, uh, I hope so. That was too easy. Yeah. Well. <laughs> All right. Well, regardless, Blue Turtles contained four hit singles, including this one, another heart-themed song called Fortress Around Your Heart. Let's have a listen. Let's do it. His voice is so distinctive, right? It is. I want to know who's playing drums on this track. I'm sure it's, it, I don't know, it's just the way this grooves is amazing. Is it Phil Collins? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but might as well be. 
So this is one of many of his hits that were written about his divorce, and he had this to say about it. So Fortress is about appeasement, about trying to bridge the gaps between individuals. The central image is a minefield that you've laid around this other person to try to protect them. And then you realize that you have to walk back through it. I think it's one of the best courses I've ever written. And that's, that's saying that's a, a lot, lot coming from him, right? Yeah, because I've always admired him as a lyricist. And, you know, this is just one other example of that. Well, in 1987, Sting kept the heart theme going with another hit from his second solo album, Nothing Like the Sun. Let's listen to Be Still My Beating Heart, because it's a little achy breaky right now. <laughs> So I wonder, did he get her back after this? Or is this was um, like, you know? Uh, no, he did not. <laughs> he <laughs> ended you, up with Trudy. Thank so. you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> so this song hit number two on Billboard Main Street Rock Tracks, and the album broke the top ten on several charts. It included guest appearances from several well-known guitarists, including Andy Summers, Eric Clapton, Mark Knopfler, and Hiram Bullock. An all-star cast. Well, by 1991, Sting had settled on the fabulously talented Dominic Miller to be his guitarist. Sting released the album The Soul Cages that year, and once again, it was a huge hit, reaching number one in several countries. So this is a concept album that was Sting's way of dealing with the death of his father and working through the writer's block that plagued him since. And once again, we see healing through music. You gotta yeah, love that, man. Yeah, all the time. Well, the title track won the inaugural Grammy for Best Rock Song in 1992. It's a little odd to me that that was the first year they had that as a, as a Grammy. But anyway, let's take a listen to The Soul Cages. I do dig this chorus, though. Ninety-two. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny for the for the right. Grammy. What year did you think? I would have gone. I mean, I probably would have gone seventies. Honestly. Yeah. 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 So Sting's fourth release, The Ten Summoner Tales, finds him in a more upbeat mood. The album moves on from the grief of the loss of his parents to deal with topics of love and morality. Yeah, Ten Summoner's Tales sold over 10 million copies, was nominated for six Grammys, winning three, and it also contains our first featured track. Shape of My Heart. I actually heard that he had 10 more songs that he wrote at the time, but were actually never released. Oh, seriously? I, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, so I heard that, you know, they were all about memories that he had of a girl, and they were really, really painful. And I actually have a quote from him oh. uh, talking about okay. it. Okay. Okay, so here it is. I won't release the songs because the memories still sting. Oh. Hmm. Okay, mm. that that might have been your worst joke yet, <laughs> buddy. You are, you know what? You are on joke probation. So uh, let me guess, you're going to be watching every move I make. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> Seriously, you'll be watching me. Is that right? Oh uh, well, clearly it is my destiny to be the king of pain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, back to Ten Summoners Tales, which also has a tie to some historical significance on the interwebs. Yeah, but it was actually one of the first items to be purchased securely via the internet. Now, some guy named Phil Brandenberger bought the CD online on August 11th, 1994. So uh, before we move on, yeah. I want to say thanks, Phil. Thanks, I appreciate Phil. it. My Amazon addiction is all your it's fault. It's all because of Phil. <laughs> it's all, yeah. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. 
Good looking well, out. You know what else is crazy? That was 25 years ago, which kind of seems like a really long and a really short time span. But anyway. Right. So with his shipment, when his shipment arrived, Phil was greeted with hits like If I Ever Lose My Faith in You and Fields of Gold. Oh, and A Twisted Tale of Love and Consequences, St. Augustine in Hell. Now, Tobe, I know you would never do such a thing, but the song tells the story of a man who had a liaison with, uh, well, his best friend's girl. Yeah, that, that's against the code, that's, right? Yeah, you can't you don't do, do that. that. Yeah, you don't do that. So typically, friends don't take too kindly to that, to say the least. And in this case, the best friend took matters in his own hands Ooh. and murdered his former compatriot, sending him straight to hell. Yeah. Wow. Well, the good news is this leaves me, first of all, a little sidebar, this is one of those serendipity moments. Hmm. I was literally in a meeting two hours ago where, of all things, St. Augustine came up in the conversation. Really? And his mother, who was, I think it was name her name was Monica, referred to him as the the son of all my tears, which that's heavy stuff, man. That is heavy. Yeah. Regardless, the song is awesome. It's one of my favorite like songs written in seven, eight time, which you know is not a lot anyway. But it includes a great impersonation of the devil and a delightfully gritty organ solo. So yeah, let's have a little listen. You know, hello. You're never alone. No, hey, you're not. <laughs> okay, break's over. <laughs> that, I mean, to me, this is hell right there. That organ is just amazing. <laughs> and who, who, who knew Satan had a British accent? Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good point, buddy. All right, so away from hell. So let, let's turn our attention now to another track off of the Ten Summoner's Tales, our first featured song, Shape of My Heart. Yeah, so in addition to being a beautifully arpeggiated guitar melody by Dominic Miller, the lyrics are also pretty poetic. It's a song about many topics, like luck, for example. So Sting has this to say. So the card player is more interested in the mystical aspect of luck rather than just winning money. It's his meditation, his spirituality. Winning is not important. Playing the game is. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Okay, settle down over there. I can see uh, Jules is not happy with this, <laughs> the course of conversation. So, it, so he also has this to say, right? It's me playing a game with my career. It's not about having hit records or Grammy nominations. Yeah, that's easy to say after, after you've you had 13, a bazillion yeah, of them. Really? Yeah, right. Hush, sit down, Sting. Sit down. <laughs> It's not about having hit records or Grammy nominations or making lots of money at all. It's really about playing the creative game. It's play, but it's serious play. Yeah, and Sting also had this to say regarding the song title. We all know that the shape of the heart on the playing card is not the actual dimensions of the human heart. And yet we gamble all the time as if things are really that neat and precise and familiar. Hmm. I I don't know, Tob. I've always found love to be painfully simple, right? It's... Or, or maybe it's just simple in its ability to be painful. Right. Well, as simple as it is, we know not to be going after your 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 boys. Girl, yeah, you don't, right? go you don't do that. That's, that's pretty simple. That's against the code. Right. For sure. So, it sounds like you've been listening to some Juice World, or maybe you just been having some lucid dreams there, Joe. Mm, is that possible? Well, you know what? I, all of my dreaming is of the silently lucid mm. variety. You know, like like these guys. You 
couldn't help yourself, could I you? could. I could. Yeah, <laughs> I just had to. protect you in the night with our blue turtles. <laughs> well said. Well you didn't said. know the blue ones were actually ninja turtles, too. <laughs> right, <didn't you? laughs> right, right. That's why they got the masks. Okay, so somehow I had a feeling we might work some Queensryche into this episode. All right, now let's turn our attention to our next feature track, Lucid Dreams by Juice World. Let's give that a listen again. So I wonder if that kid talking was kind of like Sting's butt. Was that a Sting butt situation? <laughs> was it? They just kept it in. Some some kid was running by the studio. Yeah, they, they forgot like, to, clo- ah, they forgot to close the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sting butt situation. I don't know, but Ma- Mama sure sounded like she was unhappy there. Yeah. All right, well, as you know, buddy, I'm not a huge fan of this song, but apparently Sting is. He told Billboard that Lucid Dreams is a beautiful interpretation that is faithful to the original song's form. You know, I kind of feel like that's almost a backwards compliment. Like, well, it's faithful to the original song's form. <laughs> like, he right. took my song and just kind of used, I don't know. Maybe right, right. It's the same that. notes. It's basically what you're trying <laughs> right, to say. Right. You're same notes. Hey, you hit that C perfectly. Thank <laughs> it's, you. It's still beautiful. It. So he also said that the royalty payments will put my grandkids through college. Oh, now, I think that's <laughs> I think go. that's more truthful. <laughs> I'm sure that that factored into his yeah. comment, his uh, his his happiness and joy about the song being sampled. <laughs> right. Well, all right. Let's dive into Lucid Dreams and Juice World. Can you tell me a little bit more about him? Sure can. So Juice World's real name is Jared Higgins, and he was born on December second in 1998 in the windy city of Chicago, Illinois. So he and his brother were raised by their mother, and Jared took an interest in music very early on. So he first learned to play piano at four years old, and then followed that up with guitar, drums, and even played the trumpet. Well, he certainly is multi-talented. You know what? I kind of wish I had learned how to play piano. I, I feel like it's a gateway instrument. Yeah, well, Joe, I don't know about that. See, I've seen a lot of buskers down at the Gateway District downtown, but I'm pretty sure no one's ever brought a piano. <laughs> uh, Doesn't happen. Uh, not, not that Gateway. <laughs> I, I mean that learning, look, learning how to play the piano sets you up nicely because it kind of grounds you in theory and it sort of teaches you hand independence. It translates so well into learning other instruments. Yeah, plus it's a lot easier to carry around a saxophone or a guitar. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true, yeah. Well, earlier in this episode, we talked about stage names, right? And how, and although you wouldn't, you wouldn't share some of your nicknames. No, we don't do that. Um, you, you got us all, all of our curiosity <laughs> peaked, by the way. But regardless, we talked about Sting got his. So, how did Juice World come up with that name? So, and actually, that's a really interesting story, right? Because you know, this this is a young guy, yeah. right? And I, I'm always curious of how these young guys. Did come he have out. like some Capri Sun? He was like, "Hey, <laughs> this is world, Juice world." No. So it actually turns out that uh, he's a fan of Tupac and was actually inspired by a Tupac's film called Juice. Oh, okay. So his first stage name was Juice the Kid, but then he changed it to Juice World and stated that it represents him taking over the world. Ah. So he started releasing songs during his first year in high school, recording songs with his cell phone and then uploading them to SoundCloud. And his first upload was in 2015, and the song was entitled Forever. Well, I'm always curious to hear the development of an artist, so let's take a listen to Forever. Let's do it. I don't actually, I don't mind this beat. 
I need some drums, but I don't mind the beat. I'm sure they're coming. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah. 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 It's like the intro is forever, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So in 2017, he started working with producer Nick Mira from the production group Internet Money that features Mira and Taz Taylor. Ah, okay. So I see we have another reference to the power of the interwebs. Tell me how Internet Money used some internet marketing savvy to make it big. So first off, let me say this. You can't tell me that the internet is not powerful, right? Of Just course it is. On this show alone, we've yeah. talked about Little Nas X. We've talked about Halsey. Cardi B. And Cardi B. Halsey, yeah. Halsey. And, and now we have one more artist, right? And these guys are not, you know, small time. These guys are all yeah. big time Absolutely. artists, essentially, right? So when it comes to Mira and Taylor, to me, this idea is ingenious. So they would upload a beat on YouTube and then reference an artist that they could see rhyming over it. So they would title the beat, essentially. They make a beat, put it out there, and like, oh, we're going to call this a Kendrick-type beat yeah. or a Drake-type uh -huh. beat. Right? And that would uh, make it easier for people looking for beats to kind of sift through the tons of material that are out that, that's out there. Yeah, like I want to make a song want. like Drake. So, oh, here's a beat that's It's a Drake-type beat. Yep. Exactly, exactly. So I can tell you firsthand that I've, I've done this. I've yeah. looked, looked these beats up, and we've actually used, them, used a couple of them on our last album, finding them in this way, using those kind of titles. Huh. Can, can I ask who you, which type of beat you were searching for? Uh, a good type beat. <laughs> Good. Oh, one Raw of the type beat. Those, yeah. those are a little trickier to find. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, regardless, that's a really smart idea. So, as the story goes, Juice World knew Nick Mira's brother and he spoke to him about production. And that connection led to them working together. So, let's listen to one of the first tracks that Mira produced for Juice. This is called Too Much Cash, which yeah, I know it's a problem you have. Yeah, totally. right. <laughs> right. <laughs> In today's opposite day. Continue. Don't need a wallet. She's so bad. I needed her number. I needed her number. I needed her number. Started with a quarter, then I turned it to a half. I was bullet with your baby mama in a trial. Looks like we're gonna have to cut that one a little bit earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, too too yeah, too much something. So uh Juice grew up in a household with a very religious mother that wouldn't allow him to listen to hip-hop. He didn't let that stop him from listening to secular music, though, and he cites that video games like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Guitar Hero introduced him to artists like Billy Idol, Blink-182, Black Sabbath, Fall Out Boy, Megadeth, and Panic at the Disco. Which I can totally hear in his... Imp Wait, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, regardless, see, parents playing video games isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Props to him for self-educating. I know that Mario Brothers really helped my music. Is that right? Yeah. Is that right? You hit that flower. Once I grab that flag, <laughs> it's all over, baby. Oh, boy. Here we go. So, now, speaking of video games, so I know you play the guitar rather well. Ah, so, thank you, sir. No, no problem. No problem. It's the truth. So, I'm wondering if a game like Guitar Hero, does it, you know, does it actually translate at all to real guitar skills? No. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Look, I've played Guitar Hero a handful of times, and honestly, it's incredibly frustrating because I'll hear a song, and then I'll be like, okay, and you just sort of default to what you know how to do, right? right. So you start playing, and you're like, this, I'm no, these aren't the buttons. <laughs> this is, where, is there a guitar around here? Can I just plug that in instead? Yeah, so, wow. uh, you know, the finger dexterity thing is probably useful, but no, as far as you play Guitar Hero, you can, it's not going to work. 
Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. So one approach to learning an instrument is practice and self-educating. It looks like Juice definitely did that. Unfortunately, he also has a history of self-medicating. Mm-hmm. And during his school years— Is that a euphemism for, like, drug problem? Yeah. 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 Self-medicating? Self-medicating, yeah. Yeah. He was a heavy drug user during his childhood and took Percocet and Xanax as well as smoking uh, cigarettes. Mm. Now, due to health concerns, he actually stopped smoking cigarettes, which is good. I hope he um, stopped the other stuff, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, the mm. article didn't say that. So okay. Well, at least <laughs> he quit the cigarettes. He's quit the cigarettes. So, apparently, he only smokes cannabis now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I'm sure he waited until it was legal. Right. And he only partakes in those specific states that have allowed it. Right. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, his opinions about drugs are pretty evident in the lyrics to his songs. But I digress. In 2017, Juice released his debut full-length EP called 999, which includes our second feature track, Lucid Dreams. Whenever you release music of any type of art, right, you're always a little nervous on how mm-hmm. it's going to be received, will people like it, is it going to make money? Yeah, for sure. You know? Well, see, Juice is smart here. He's a brilliant marker. He did some beta testing. Mm. Lucid Dreams was released on SoundCloud in 2017 and gained a pretty good following. So much of a following, in fact, that he was named SoundCloud's top artist and the Lucid Dreams track alone, just that track, earned 123 million plays in 2018. That's a lot of plays. That's a lot. So in December of 2017, it was officially released as a single. And in May 2018, it entered the Billboard Hot 100 chart at 74. And it peaked there at number two and also reached number one on the Billboard hip-hop charts. Wow. Well, with all the streaming success, it, what, what do you do next, right? You, you release an album. Got to. Because you're not monetizing SoundCloud, are you? Or are you? I don't know enough about it to yeah. speak intelligently. Yeah. Listeners yell at us for being ignorant. <laughs> at the end of 2017, Juice World released a three-song EP called Nothing Different, which featured a track called All Girls Are The Same. This debuted at number 92 on the Billboard Top 100 Let's take a listen. This song certainly proves that he's young. <laughs> you think? Okay, because first of all, he's wrong. Yeah. Okay, all girls aren't the same. And secondly, even if you thought that they were the same, you should be smart enough not to like say that in public. Preacher brother, yeah, no. Now, stop. I'm sure the conversation with the next woman that he wants to date is going to be pretty awkward, you know, if she's listening to this song. And it kind of reminds me of that scene from the, the movie Mystery Men. You familiar? Oh, okay. Are you talking about the one where the like the invisible boy thinks he's invisible, kind of like the emperor with no clothes, but <laughs> but he's actually standing there butt naked in front of everybody? That's exactly yeah. the one, right? So, But instead of saying, maybe you should put some clothes on if you're trying to fight crime today. Always a good idea. I can see— Just uh, for the record. Right, right, right. If you're going to fight crime, you need to have put some, clothes some clothes on. on. Right. Yeah. I can see uh, Janine Garofalo's character saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't talk about women all being the same if you expect to date one in the future. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. That, to yeah, me, that would make more sense. Mm-hmm. Well— Okay, in spite of our thoughts on the subject, the song and the video helped Juice World gain even more popularity and eventually got him signed to a $3 million deal with Interscope mm. Records. So I guess even if you're not monetizing SoundCloud, if it gets you a $3 million deal, you've done it right. Man. So once there, he released his first studio album, Goodbye and Good Riddance. He was probably saying that to SoundCloud at that time, right? In, in May of 2018. This album featured both Lucid Dreams and All Girls Are This. Wait a minute. 
weren't both of those songs on his previous projects? You are correct, sir. Both of these songs were released on previous projects, but Juice wanted to squeeze oh. all of the opportunity he could wow. out of both those tracks. Okay, I'll give you props. That was well played. <laughs> I was going to say that we should have called him MC Milk because he's milking those two songs for everything he can, uh. but, but you know what? That'd be too close to, to another MC, Milk D. Yeah, well, you're talking about half of the hip-hop duo Audio 2, mm-hmm. who are best known for their hit, Top Billin'. Top Billin'. And there's no way I'm passing up on a chance to play oh, that. Oh, thank you, my friend. Let's give that a listen. That's how it is. You can ask kids. I stole your girl. Ooh. You were in prison, jail for MC assault. Get it. You, was <laughs> you better not go to prison, my friend. I'm going to steal your girl. <laughs> and then I'm going to be St. Augustine in hell. <laughs> say top billing. That's what we get. Got it oh, boy. And since you understood, would you... All right, well, Top Billin', look, this is an epic track. It's been sampled, what, I think over 280 times yes, by Mary J. Blige, Jay-Z and Kanye, 50 Cent. You know what? I smell a future Riffs mm, episode. I here. like what you're smelling, sir. I like what you're smelling. <laughs> so I love that idea. And for now, let's get back to Juice World. So one thing I can say about Juice is that he stays busy. So after the death of rappers Little Peep and Extension, he released a two-song EP called Too Soon. And a track from this EP called Legends debuted at number 65 on the Billboard charts. Yeah, he definitely stays busy. He's built quite a catalog of tracks. Unfortunately, a Google Drive hack, which I didn't, I mean, I guess everything can be hacked, right? Right. Led to many of his unreleased songs being circulated. One of those leaked tracks was a collaboration with the Chainsmokers called In My Head. Tobe, I know you're a Chainsmokers fan, right? Yeah, I am, man. And I was actually upset because I couldn't, I looked for this song online and I I, I couldn't find it. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't, I apologize to the listeners. The song is not out there on the web. Toby, Uh, Toby, come on, buddy. You know I got your back. Do you? Yeah. You want to hear a little in my head right Uh, now? Let's do it. I got it for you. Hold on. Please, thank you. Appreciate it. I convince myself it's all in my head. Wow, I guess we do have it. So you said your buddy. You said I was a distributor of fake news right there. That's basically <laughs> what you called me. <laughs> I would never, never put that on you. I'm not trying to get impeached. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Look, apparently Juice and the Chainsmokers worked on five tracks together, so I'm guessing we're going to hear them all soon, right? Also, I hope, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about Juice here. He's mm. spending a lot of time around the Chainsmokers, and I know he had a cigarette problem, so right. I'm just hoping that didn't cause him to pick up a bad habit again. Right, right, right. Just stick, <laughs> stick with the weed, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing he's too busy creating new songs, and that Interscope record deal gave him three million reasons to do so. Mm-hmm. So truth be told, I do like the Lucid Dreams track, and one of the big reasons is that I, I'm a sucker for a song about heartbreak. Yeah, you are. And, and this song is definitely all about that. And, and another reason this song captured my attention is because of all the artists that use the Sting sample in the past. You are right. And there's a whole bunch of them. So a lot of people have sampled Sting, and Shaping My Heart Alone has been sampled over 30 times. Well, as much as I would love to go into all of them, why don't we just pick a few for our bonus material? Man, that's a great idea. So I'm assuming that you remember hearing the original track mm-hmm. when it was released. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't. 
You know, I didn't hear it that way. Uh, For me, the first time I heard the sample requires a trip back to Queens, New York, to hear one of the hip-hop legends in the game. It's a track by Nas entitled The Message. Off his 1996 release, it was written. Let's check that out. Back memories right here, man. I don't know how much of this we can play, but... Sure. (laughs) But it's a good track. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, Nas channeled Sting to send a very clear message, uh, purportedly to Biggie, actually. But I'd like to switch gears, and you know what? Do you mind? Do you mind if I if I dig into your tape catalog and and pop in one of one of the old uh, Braswell slow jam tapes? Man, we, please, cool I'd be honored. Okay, I'd be well, honored. Well, this one is from Bad Boy Labels crooner Carl Thomas, and his hit song from the year two thousand, "Emotional." Let's get all the feels. Oh, here we go. I'm closing the curtain. I don't need to see this. Hands up, people. Side to side now. Side to side. (laughs) On tempo, Jack. On tempo, Jack. Man, that was my jam. I can tell. Now, I've seen this man perform live. Carl Thomas is a monster talent. I believe it. I'm telling you. All right, so let me give you one more song. This is The Roots featuring my man, Music Soul Child, on the 2002 album, Phrenology. So this track is called Break You Off. Let's take a listen to that. So this is actually my favorite of the ones that have sampled it because they did something cool with it. They they took it and did something new with it, and it's it's mm-hmm. just, it's a cool track. Agreed. Well, unfortunately, our time is up, and we need to wrap this up. So before we go, why don't we recap all that we talked about in this episode? So we open up the episode and discuss the British artist Sting in our first feature track, Shape of My Heart. Then we moved on to our second feature track from Chicago native Juice World and his track called Lucid Dreams. We then took a trip down memory lane and listened to Nas, Carl Thomas, and The Roots, who've all sampled Shape of My Heart as well. So, Joe, can you tell us what we will be discussing on our next episode? Yes, sir. We are going to take a trip to the ghetto. And we're going to spend some time with one of the few artists that have collaborated with both Tupac and Biggie at the height of their careers. Oh, you know what? We also might throw in the hardcore stylings of Richard Marks. Wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, until then, I'll be right here waiting for you. Wow. Oh, boy. Well, (laughs) we don't record for a week or two, buddy, so you might want to go home and grab a sandwich. Yeah, I'm I'm hungry right now, actually. we (laughs) got to make this quick. Before I go, though, okay, I am going to stick around just for a little bit longer and thumb through all of our social posts that people are going to throw our way. Now, you can tweet the show at Riffs on Riffs Yo or find us on Instagram at Riffs on Riffs. And if you want to reach out to me directly, you can find me at Haiku575, spelled H-E-I-K-U-575, and connect with Joe at Son Watts. That's S-O-N-O-W-A-T-S. We definitely love hearing from our listeners. And by the way, Tobe, Sting is an amazingly talented bassist, right? Kind of like another staple we have on this show. You mean Bootsy Baby? (laughs) That's right. Well... 
I don't think, I actually, I don't even know if they've ever played together. You got to think at some point they've crossed paths. They never play? I don't know. Susie, uh, stop playing. They <laughs> Susie, <never> stop <laughs> playing. Well, they did appear on the same album. In 95, a bunch of, bunch of cats did a Hendrix tribute album called In From The Storm. So they're on the same album, okay. not on the same song. Okay, okay. So there you go. We're going to tie that all back together. Well, I think we're done. So we're going to take you out with an even more recent song that samples Shape of My Heart. This is Russ and his 2018 hit, Parkstone Drive. Enjoy, and we'll catch you next time on Riffs on Riffs. Keep on listening. Huzzah. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. And audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. No income, my dad started losing his confidence. Meanwhile, every day I got brand new accomplishments. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.